Enterprise is a new podcast hosted by Jean Hopkins, Chief Marketing Officer at Lola.com. Jean has built and led marketing teams, authored top-selling marketing materials, and served on advisory boards all around Greater Boston. With Table Fries, Jean sets out to interview every woman working at Lola.com. Jean will talk about motivation, what makes a good day, and we'll connect the dots between guests in a special way. At Table Fries, there's always room to share. So grab small plates and don't forget the dipping sauce. To find all the new and previous episodes of Table Fries, check out your favorite podcast platforms or visit us at lola.com slash tablefries. And don't forget, Jean is building Boston's next great B2B marketing team at lola.com. So be sure to stay updated on new roles at the lola.com careers page. Table Fries, where sharing is caring. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Table Fries, the Lola.com podcast for the women of Lola, because we like to share a lot. And with me today is Liz. Liz, you're an office manager, and you're one of the nicest human beings on the face of the earth. It's so exciting to have you here today. Thank you for being a guest. Thanks, Jim. Oh, that's great. We like to start this a little bit at the beginning, and I'm looking at the various questions, and I wanted to know, tell me the story about how and when you came to Lola.com. You've been here for over three years, I understand, so why don't you tell us the story? Yeah, it's fun. I've, I've been here almost since the beginning, which is really exciting. Before I was here, I worked at Apple for five years, and I did a ton of different things there, but at some point in that time frame, I started singing with Emily, who is our <laughs> marketing programs manager here at Lola, and she, I was getting to the end of my time with Apple and needed a change. She was like, I'm... I'm starting, I'm helping start this new company. We don't even have a name yet. We're really excited about it and we're looking to build a really cool service team. And she was like, you should check it out. And so I remember I stepped away from Apple for like my lunch break really? to, to get on a phone call with Stacy. It was the first step. And, and Stacy's been a guest on the show. She was our very first guest. So we all know her. Yes, know and love her. <laughs> and so we were talking about service and she started talking about like putting schedules together and like making sure we staff well. And we talked a lot about a bunch of logistical things and I remember just beaming on the phone and was so excited for whatever was happening next. Stacy always tells the story when I came into the office for my interview she tells everyone that I was literally on the edge of my seat like rocking back and forth so excited like on the verge of tears just really? talking to her about the team. I just fell in love with her and then fell in love with the idea of what was happening and have been here ever since. Wow. And it's been over three years? It's been three years. I started on the service team, spent that first year as a wombat. Have we talked about wombats on yes, the show yet? Have. Okay, great. A number great. of people have wombats, and we talk about that as our secret sauce. So okay, yes. awesome. Yes, those guys are the best. So I was a wombat for a year. I spent my next year in user research and product development, which was something totally new to me and very exciting. And then at a certain point, I shifted gears and knew that I really wanted to focus again on our internal people and make sure that they were we're all well taken care of and able to take care of our external people. So I became the office manager. And you sure did. And what an office manager you are as well. Would you have a single word that would describe you? This was so hard. The first one that came to mind, honestly, was loving. And it feels a little bit like a cop out. But on most of my social media profiles, you'll see like my bio is like, I love love. It really is at the core of everything I do. Or I try to keep it at the core even when I'm having a bad day. Come back to that. I'm 
like, who can you love today and who can you like share something with? It's it's true. I, I mean, when I first came here to interview, your desk was in the front foyer and uh, you I rang the doorbell and I remember walking in and you were so super friendly and so nice. And uh, you brought me downstairs and made sure that I had water. And there was a whole bunch of crazy stuff going on. And you were trying to set up some video interviews because there were a number of people that were not in the office. And I think you had to set up three different video views for me. And I also remember that you came in and you had just come from St. Margaret's Church where you had, was it St. Margaret's? St. Francis House. St. Francis House. And you had just served breakfast there. And I so admired that and the the amount of joy that you have and, and just being able to meet people that are coming to the door and making them feel welcome. And then also making sure that they're taken care of in the interview process and setting up those video interviews. It certainly, it made a huge difference. I mean, I've been recruited or asked to go on interviews to a variety of different companies and the whole interaction with everybody at Lola, really you set the bar, you set the standard for everyone to be able to make sure that we treat everyone with love and with respect. And maybe you'll get a job here, maybe you won't, but you never know how things are going to turn out. So it, I mean, clearly to me, you're one of the reasons that I'm here. Isn't that wonderful? That's I mean, really I mean, awesome. not like, not like, oh, yay, Jean's here. So, so loving, yes. I oh, think, it, you know, loving is a very, very, it's a wonderful way. And we'll talk about Lola Values and talk mm-hmm. a little bit about Wicked Loving. Last book you read. Did you like it? Did you not like it? Okay, so I'm... I have to preface this with I'm not a good reader. I haven't been a good reader in a while. I am trying to get away from putting on the TV to go Mm. to sleep and picking up a book instead, but I can't say I'm doing a great job. But I will say the last book I read to completion was Marriage Vacation, which... I think will ring a chord with you specifically. Early on when you started, I told you about a TV show called Younger. Yes. And you yes. ended up watching it. I and did I'm all of them. <laughs> I'm still obsessed. And yes. it's the new season starts in June. Okay. But in this book, Marriage Vacation is a book within the TV show, which is based around a publishing house. And so because of how hot the TV show was and everything that was going on and everything that came up around this book, they published the book. Really? So it was like I have a library membership at the near the near by place and it was like out for months like you couldn't get a hold of this really? book when it came out it was so funny and I did love it it was it's a super easy read I think I read it in like a couple days like uh-huh. a couple sittings it's just like an easy like step away from everything that's kind of going on and put yourself in another like careless world uh-huh. and so it was really nice in that I'm in the middle of the girl with the dragon tattoo oh wow and that is a more intense read and it I've is. been doing that for a while but I like that it's a little bit more than marriage vacation but still this kind of other world that is not serious. I mean, when you think it's a translation from Danish and Danish into English and the whole story about the author, I've read all three books. And then there's been another writer that according to the estate of the original writer has been allowed to write more of them. Yeah. Spider's web. There's a few more, but the, the whole series in and of itself, he wrote only those three books. And unfortunately he died of a heart attack at age 50. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of a sad story if you look at the author and then what ended up happening is he had a partner that he'd been living with for 30 years. He didn't have a will. 
And so it was his father and his brother that took over the rights to those three books and didn't give the partner anything associated with them. So it's kind of it's kind of a sad. But those books are totally amazing, and you could just you know just keep cranking on through them. It's pretty exciting. So books are great, and I read a New York Times article that talked about how we should binge read instead of binge television, binge watch. And I mean, younger, as you know, with Sutton, um, you you there are a number of things that you it's easy to binge watch that show I mean the characters are so great and I I know you're here at the office seven days a week I know that you practice (laughs) your acapella group on Sunday nights you're here and you do come in to set up I've been here very very early on a Monday morning and you've been here at 6 a.m. to be able to clean out the fridge fridges I should say plural and make sure that we're all set up for the day and then you also get all of the food deliveries and you sort those out and you're on a first-name basis with the UPS guy, the FedEx person, everybody, in an effort to try to keep us moving forward and keep us fed. And and it's amazing the amount of food that sometimes you, th- there's huge, huge boxes of nuts and cashews. And I remember asking you once, look at the size of these things. How long is this going to last? And you said, oh, a week, you know, maybe a week. It's like, holy cow. So if you, when you go home at the end of the day, I don't know if you ever go home. I feel like there's probably somewhere in here, there's a Murphy bed somewhere that you, you sleep on. But <laughs> Stacy would kill me. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know when you've had a good day when you go home? What does a good day look like to you? The first thing that comes to mind is probably that I'm exhausted, which is good. And that comes from a few different things. That's also, I've been really into the gym lately, which you know. So mm-hmm. there's, I am building self-care in. And so that's an important part mm-hmm. of my day. But when it comes to being here, even just a few interactions with different teammates where I know... I I've made them smile or I've made their life easier. It could be grabbing the last caramel and putting it on that person's desk who <laughs> like just loves when there's caramel in the office and like knowing that they got that last piece or like coming in and making sure the technology in a meeting room works when someone's trying to fuss with it and they have guests in the office and trying to keep my cool while I'm making sure everything works. Yeah, it was pretty funny. You were trying to fix it one day. We had we had some guests and you were trying to hook it up and it just it was not being very good. And with all your Apple experience, we're primarily an Apple house. Um, we have iPads run by Robin Powered that are in our individual conference rooms. And when the rest of us get stupefied, it's less. Yeah. yeah. It's, I mean, and it's a lot of fun. I get to stretch a lot of different muscles. So mm-hmm. that's also like a really cool part of my day. Mm-hmm. I love that, you know, it's, it's a fun day when I get to do a bunch of different things. But yeah, I think the most important thing for me is just knowing that I've made someone smile for like a silly non-work reason or that like I enabled someone to do better that day for Lola and for themselves like that's that's what makes a big difference to me that's great now this is a question I I ask people and it's sometimes a little hard what would you say to your 18 year old self right now now you you went to college in western Massachusetts you grew up in Massachusetts and then then you went to graduate school in Connecticut so here you are you're 18 you're going to leave home for for college what would you say to yourself right now I think I would have just said chill out (laughs) I will never not work hard I know that about myself and I work I really loved school I worked really really hard in high school and was so pumped to go to Smith and have that experience. Like I worked so hard and I was so much of a perfectionist that I wish 
sometimes that I could have messed up a little bit more and mm-hmm. learned some different lessons. I wish I were better at asking for help and like messing up a little bit more probably would have helped me. Stacy is often and many of the teammates here are like, Liz, I can help you with that. Like, let's do this together. And I'm so, I hold on so tight to things because I want to make sure that I can do it right and do it right for everyone else. But yeah, I just would have like told myself to chill out, enjoy a little bit more. Like, it's okay to make mistakes, have a little more fun, keep working hard, like have and have those goals in sight. But take it easy once in a while. How do you convince somebody to do that? I mean, you're as an 18 year old, you like when you're going through school and you're and you're going to Smith and and I wasn't going to say anything, but you said it. So in Smith, it's a challenging school, difficult to get into a women's college in Northampton, Massachusetts. And it's I mean, I've known a number of people that have gone there and they've gotten great educations. And do you feel that when you say not being able to mess up, do you feel like you had a good relationship with your professors? Do you feel as though it was something that stands the test of time for you? Yeah, Smith, I do think Smith was the beginning of that journey in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I, When I try to title that journey or potentially a book of some kind that would be written about me, it would be <laughs> like, it's a, centered around finding my voice and finding my confidence. And I think Smith was the start of that. I had the freedom and really strong relationships to explore, to mess up a little bit more, to take some risks. My supervisor at Smith is still one of my very, very close friends. And she was, I would say, one of my first professional mentors and has continued to be that for me and and helped me. I think she told me stories probably about her and we went, I ended up following her through the same graduate program. I went for student development and higher education and she helped me get there. And, you know, the stories of her doing that and being able to just hear what it was like for someone else who was Mm. close to my experience and things like that. Like in terms of convincing someone to kind of chill out and like let loose a little bit more, I think hearing the stories of mistakes made of letting loose like that's the best most I do well with personal connection so that you keep talking about mistakes and and yet I I don't think of them as mistakes necessarily it's it's sort of an opportunity of giving yourself a chance to not be perfect is is that sort of what you mean that is very fair yeah I think it's something that we all sort of struggle with a, a little bit that we, we aren't perfect and and I was here with um, Mike Crawford and we were doing a webinar for travelers and customers and teaching them how to be able to book on the Lola works platform and also being able to set up their travelers profile and he was very concerned about things. And I said, look, Mike, I'm going to tell you right now, every webinar, every single webinar I've ever produced in my life, we've always had a mistake. It doesn't make any difference. And you know what? The people on the other side, they're perfectly happy. They they want to know that you're human and that you're not a robot. They want to be able to have a conversation with you. And holding ourselves up to these extremes is only going to stress us out ultimately. And we ended up in this particular one, he liked it a lot better because we were having a conversation and he wasn't just the sole person on this and it it worked out pretty well for him so you know Ashley and of course so Ashley was one of my first guests before she went out um, on maternity leave and she likes this question and and for most people although there was one one guest I think it was Beth um, did not involve food service but what was your worst job and why do you have a food service one I don't I don't I've I've never actually worked in food service sometimes I I think I'm feeding us well fair 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 
sure. I also think I'd be a great bartender. And oh, sometimes really? I'm like, if I'm like everything about a second job, I'm like, oh, but I'm too tired at night. <laughs> so no more of that. No, my first one was, I want to say it was one of the summers in between college. I went home and I worked at our dentist's office with my mom. My mom was the office manager there. And she did all the like insurance billing and Ugh. just making sure we had oh, the stuff. That's yeah, a tough job. All, oh my gosh. All the taking payments, like making Ugh. sure, confirming appointments, all that oh stuff. My. So I worked with her for that summer and it was, it was actually really great for the two of us. We had a great time. Like we worked pretty well together. We're both really detail oriented and things like that. The reason it was the worst for me, I think, was we worked pretty grueling hours and I'm huh? in grad school. I worked 60 to 80 hours a week while I was in school. Like I can do grueling. You, you, you know, I'm but, here yeah. more than yeah. I should be, but it was grueling and I think unthanked, unappreciated work. So the owner of the company was just a little bit tough. At one point we were so understaffed because of worked with his team and They'd how we lost. Around. Yeah. Right. We, we lost a lot of folks because of the manager. Yeah. yeah. So I ended up assisting with an extraction at one point, <laughs> which I was like, I, it, it went from me being at the front desk, confirming appointments and doing some insurance work to me turning over rooms in between patients and having to like clean and, and like you have to do. anti yeah. Yeah. clean up all the instruments and then eventually assisting in extraction. Which so I you were a dental assistant. Yeah, it was insane. I made relatively good money because I worked so much. Like there yeah. was a lot of, of good about it, but I was like, I can't believe that. I did that and I never should have done that. I'm always one for like above and beyond and like sure. learning new things. I wouldn't Only recommend anyone. Teeth. Yeah, that's not unless you really so want medieval. to be in teeth. Yeah. Unless yeah. you want to be in teeth. Yeah. That's a no. good one. So Marina, another one of our guests, um, had a question and this related to her that she wanted to know, do you prefer being an individual contributor or would you be a manager? And she liked the individual contributor because of the creativity that it offers her and managing. And, and I would say that you're managing just in your day to day, you're managing all of us. You're making sure that the trains are running on time, that you've got all these vendors that you're constantly dealing with. And as we're moving to a new office, you've got that nice layer on like, how are we going to do this? And what are we going to take? And, you know, what's the office going to look like? So what do you consider yourself? This is a good one. I think I actually was recently talking with Stacy, who I report mm -hmm. to here about you know, what my future looks like and where I think I want to be. And I think I've been in both roles before. I think management and more so leadership than management. Mm -hmm. I think good. I would like to think that I can be a leader in whatever position I'm in, but I love the idea of managing and enabling others to achieve their potential and creating that space for them to innovate and figure themselves out and enabling them to do that. That's important to me. A lot of people wouldn't know you've got this huge creative side of you with all the acapella, all the music things that you run and then you're extremely detailed oriented so which is it right or left brain I mean it's a little bit of both where you must drive yourself a little bit crazy huh I definitely think the operational part of my mind rules a little bit I tend to struggle with calling myself creative which is funny because I do I make a lot of music primary that's my primary thing but I also you know I've started doing some artwork and things like that I dabble but I tend to think that the operational side of me is stronger I have less confidence in the creative side, but it's a lot of fun to just mess around. And I'm getting better at being like, oh, I was really good at that show or I did a great right. thing there. I'm maybe a little bit more operational, but I'm pretty half and half. I try to, well, you've got I try a good to use both there. of them. Yeah. So it's a definitely a, a great balance. Beth, our internal counsel, she, what's been, since you've joined the company, what's been the most surprising thing about Lola? What, what, what has surprised you the 
the most. I think this phase right now, this growth phase, but maybe in the rocket ship, the the rocket (laughs) ship. Yeah. Um, And I think because when I came from before Apple, I was in higher education, but at Apple, I had moved into humongous organization. I trained a team of 350 people, but that was part of an organization of tens of thousands, but with a very like stable identity and things like that. You said, but did I? Yeah. You said what, what you said is you did 350, but it was part of a much bigger... 350 people is an enormous amount of people. Don't say but. It's a bigger There's people. No but. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. That's good. And that's that's challenging. And you've yeah. got to be creative and you have to have an operations mindset. There's to no do that, but yes. about it. It doesn't make any difference how big Apple is. It's still 350 people. Okay, keep going. So large group there, stable identity. Like very, Oriented. very, yeah, yeah, like we, it, it was Apple. You, you knew told, what you were getting into. You, you told me that you knew exactly what things had to look like, how they had had to be presented, what you needed to be able to wear. It was very, very, the the brand style guide was clearly defined. Yeah. They totally allow you to bring your personality in, but like there's just, yeah, there's, it's, there's guidelines. And I think what's most surprising here is how quickly we're growing and that we continue to be in a state of change. It's so crazy how every day really is different. And one decision made now could be overturned in a week because we decide that that's the better thing. And no matter what you put into it, like we want, always want to be doing whatever's best for the team, our customers, the company. And mm-hmm. it's, I think that's the craziest thing to me, like just how fast we truly do adapt as we need to. And that it, have, it has never stopped in three years. In three years, we've just kept going. It's crazy. I know the business models have changed. People have changed. The organization has changed. The things are, and it's, it feels very stable. And yet the forward movement is incremental without it being, here's three. 350 people. You, you're definitely seeing a path of growth. Yeah. So most interesting experience or trip? That's a Chrissy question. Most interesting experience or trip? And you've been a lot of different places. You go places with your sister a lot. You do do that. You, you make an effort to be able to do that. What's your, probably your most interesting one? It's kind of hard to choose because you've been a lot of places. So It can be. I've definitely been lucky, especially in the last few years, I've gotten to do more, more travel. I think the one that might top the list happens to be one from college, though. When I started studying voice, I was a music major in college. I've been all over the place. So I was a music major and I started started studying vocally in my second year. And my director said, you got to have a teacher like you got to curate this. This is awesome. And she started feeding me programs to audition for. And I auditioned to sing with the Westminster Chamber Choir Goodness. my sophomore year. And I was accepted to travel with them. And so we the first time ever I traveled by myself, I think it was also my first time out of the country. My parents, my mom was like, you don't have to go. It's okay if you don't. I was like, no, mom, you're supposed to push me out the door. So I got on a plane and I flew by myself, got stuck in Paris because we missed our connecting flight and made my way to Italy where I missed orientation with 25 strangers who we spent two weeks practicing day after day and put on a couple different concerts at churches in Italy. Wow. That was pretty, that I'll never forget that or even the sound of it. I still, I think I've lost the recordings, but I can hear what we sounded like the music 
music we were doing. It was really cool. How wonderful. And, and being able to sing in some of those buildings that are so old, it's just, it's incredible. It was the, just the purity. And we, we trained for a very specific sound, if you, so hard to describe, but just like a super classical choral, like really warm, but open sound. But your angels. Yeah. Your angels singing. Yes. That's what per, you're yes. supposed to I, be, I, yeah. angels, right? And it was, <laughs> and, and we're in these old open churches that are just, like the space was meant for the echo of those voices. And it was, wasn't meant to be electrified, it amplified. It was just the purity of the voices, right? It was incredible. Mm, yeah. That's wonderful. Krista asked the question, do you feel like we're on a rocket ship? Yeah, totally. Just like we were talking about, it's, I help with onboarding of the team here, help them get upset, get set up with their technology, all Show that stuff. Show them the food. Yep. <laughs> yep. And just make sure they have what they need. And I looked through the next month or so. I'm actually going on vacation at the end of May, which... How dare is, you? I know. It's going to be crazy. But I... So I'm trying to think ahead and get prepared mm -hmm. and thought about, you know, what we need to do to get through the month of June, basically. It's crazy. We have so many people joining the team. And there's... All those interns. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. It's just awesome. I think that's the biggest thing that I see is the, the team growing and it, with our office moving and, like, prepping for that. It's definitely... I think we're, like... We're still in orbit. Like, we're still within the atmosphere, but, like, the engines are just going and we are getting the ready. The biggest thing is where we're going to put all these people. Yeah, I, I think about that a lot. Yeah. We I don't we don't have a full answer yet. we well, got a plan in the well, works. Yeah, but really. I guess we'll we can build a deck outside or something, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. we're, we're, yeah. we're going to be good, though. We got it. So your favorite Lola value, wicked loving, caring about our customers, humble, Lola Pack, what is it? For me, and no surprise, I think, based on our conversation, it's got to be wicked loving. I think with that as your filter, no matter who you're talking to, engaging with, whether it's an internal customer, an external customer, I think mostly when we take care of each other, we are better suited to take care of our customers. Mm -hmm. And I think Lola, obviously, as a whole, really believes in that and digs into that. And that's, that's definitely where I try to operate. Good. Do you have a question for me? Yes. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> and or I think like, you know, as my as the question for the next folks, I want to know what would make Lola a better place for you to work. For me personally? Yeah. For me, I wish I had a couple of different places to kind of change my point of view because of where I sit in the office. And sometimes I go and I sit in those little chairs in the front lobby. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, rarely, I've come downstairs and maybe sat on the sofa down here. I wish we had, and I know this, I wish we had purple beanbag chairs. <laughs> so, so those are crazy beanbag, giant purple beanbag chairs. That's what I want. I think that it would be, uh, it's not a matter of room and it's, I can pretty much work anywhere with headphones and, and kind of concentrate on what I need to be able to concentrate on. I think sometimes I wish there were, uh, well, that's one thing. And one, I guess, you know what, you brought up an excellent, what a good question this is. I really wish that we had a kitchen area or eating area so that I'm used to in, in companies being able to sit down with Connor and maybe get a cup of tea or something like that and sit in like a kitchen environment, like a canteen or, you know, commissary or, you know, general area to be, just be able to sit down and say, hey, let's have a conversation. There's really no place to do that here at all. I eat at my desk way more than I would like to. I would like to, a couple of times my team, we've been able to go into a conference room and be able to eat lunch together, but I would like to be able to do that with other people and eat lunch together and that sort of thing. So I think even if we had, I'm going to go for kitchen. Kitchen 
kitchen over beanbag chairs because I could work in the kitchen pretty easily. Yeah. Well, I think I think that's coming. So Good. plans still in the works, but that's great. I'm pretty sure that's among among the many of items. So. Well, thank you, Liz. One of my most favorite people on the planet. Thank you so much for joining us today on Table Fries. Thank you, Jean. This was awesome. You've been listening to Table Fries with host Jean Hopkins from Lola.com on the Funnel Radio Network. Be sure to subscribe on TableFries.com. Table Fries is brought to you by Lola.com. Super simple corporate travel software from the travel innovators who brought you Kayak. Whether you want better visibility into travel spend, help managing your corporate travel program, or 24-7 human-powered support while you're on the road, Lola.com is the perfect solution. Lola.com, a better way to travel for business. 